This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. I am so, uh, I would say, just pumped up today about giving this message on worship. And I can really tell you that um, we're going to really have to have a breakthrough, because it just, you can, you know, worship is a space of, of spirit. It's not an activity where we go through the motions, sing a couple songs, and just all of a sudden it's just, you know, I dub you a worshiper. In fact, in uh, John chapter 4, Jesus talking to a woman who had been going through a search of a relationship. She had been broken and just really researching. In fact, Jesus says, you've had five husbands. So she was really seeking the space of relationship in her life and wasn't finding it. And here's Jesus, meets her at a well. And basically what he's trying to do is says, everything you've been looking for is right in front of you. And what that means is that the relationship, there's no male or female that's going to fill the space of void inside of your heart. There's no, I mean, as much as my wife is, a, a, in fact, we're going to be celebrating 36 years here in another week, and is the greatest, she's such a great joy in my life, but she is not the breath of God in my life. She is a beautiful, beautiful gift from God, but she's not the breath of God. In fact, if you look in the very beginning that God created them, male and female, and then he breathed in Adam, and he became a living being. What does that mean, he breathed in Adam? It means that he became a living spirit being. And then from Adam came Eve, that they were so one. In fact, my wife and I have been doing devotions, and we were a little slower doing them together. Um, sometimes we had struggled doing devotions together because it just seemed like we were on two, just two different wave uh, uh, spaces, and we didn't really know how to read the Bible together, and we've just been very intentional in this last couple years. We had great vacations, and we would do it, but during, throughout the week, we struggled. We said, you know what? Intentionally, we're going to have this breakthrough. And I want to just encourage all of you how important it is to press in to all God has inside the time of doing devotions together. In fact, um, we as a church are doing a, a read, you know, a Bible read throughout the, um, the week, and there's an a, assignment of what you're to be reading, and all of us will be reading the same scriptures. Occasionally, we'll be preaching from it. Today, I will be. We'll be turning to, you know, Acts chapter 12, but the point of it is, is that my wife and I, here's the joy of this. I mean, it is, it is so peculiar that the things that we're seeing, that there were one in spirit. You know, in the book of Acts, it says that Peter and John were one in spirit. And that's the way God intended them to be. Adam and Eve were obviously one in spirit. It was the same breath of God that was inside of them. Then all of a sudden, sin and self and confusion and all of a sudden, all kinds of deception that came in through life began to lead people. There are spirits that lead, and they're not all holy. Amen? And so the Bible's very, very specific 
about having the Holy Spirit lead us. That's why God wanted us to worship. Because in the space of that worship, we sense His presence. So um, if you would, turn with me to Psalms 150. We're going to turn there together. Psalms chapter 150. And we're going to go through, it isn't because everything's going the direction we want. For instance, my microphone's not working this, this morning the, the properly, so it's not going the way. I'm not going to allow that to get into my heart and frustrate me. I'm not going to allow, now it may be a little more awkward because I may move it in a, the wrong direction so that you don't hear it quite as clearly. I'm just going to have to be more mindful of it, but I'm not going to let that get to me. Amen? And you know, sometimes we go through scenarios throughout the week. And so we're going to talk about scriptures today, David being one of them. Now, some of us, you know, we, we kind of read the scriptures, and a lot of us don't. I want to challenge you to do it because it's alive. The Word of God is not just a bunch of words put together, whether it be on a, on a smart device or on paperback. It's alive. It's the very breath of God in recorded in history. And as you seek and search the Word of God, you will find truth, and it will become the truth that's on maybe a page, but it'll become a truth that comes inside of your heart. It's God. The Bible says the Word of God is God-breathed. It's God-breathed. In Psalms 150, we're going to read this passage together, and we're talking about vision of our church. And the vision of our church is to worship. And we're also going to kind of clarify the difference between praise and and worship and there is a difference and they're both important in your life you need both of them they're both very strong spaces of understanding that God says look if you want to be complete in me you need to understand you need to be a worshiper but you also need to be full of praise Psalms 150 verse 1 David praise God in his sanctuary praise him in his mighty heaven praise him in his mighty works Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes, how many of you are breathing today? Let, there's a few of you not breathing today. I'm not even sure how you got in here today. All right? That everything that breathes, We'll think praise to the Lord. Got it, Pastor. Praise the Lord. That everything that breathes, praise the Lord. Now, it's so important you guys understand this because praise is a declarative. It's declarative. It is not about your surroundings. It's about what's already happened. Is God not praiseworthy? Yes, and God, what happens is, is here's David. Now, here's some of the things that you need to understand about David. David, when, when all of his brothers were invited into, all seven of his brothers were invited to a leader moment, Samuel, coming to the house, David wasn't invited. Now, you could, you could be like David for a moment and feel like, you know what, I must not really be that important on my dad's list. I'm kind of just, well, I'm good for caring for sheep. I'm not good when important people come to the home. David was seeking for, you know, with a fellowship with his father, looking for love from his father. His brothers went over there and rejected him. He, when here's this time when he's going to give food and bringing food from dad to his brothers, and his brothers rejected him. His father-in-law tried to kill him twice. 
So here we are looking for David, and we're listening to David. His own son, Absalom, had tried to have him killed. So we're learning from a man of God whose circumstances are quite contrary to greatness and praiseworthy. Yet he was so full of praise. You want to know why he was so full of praise? Because it was the way he got through it. It was the way he could get through it. He knew that if I was filled, he was filled with praise with what God had, he was going to be able to face any circumstances, no matter how contradictory they were in his life. Let me tell you something now. China's just passed a new law in December. As of March 2022, no longer will people be able to, unless they have a permit, speak to the Chinese people over the internet. There's not going to be no more live stream, no more anything on the internet that has anything to do with any spirituality. You're not, they're already closing all the churches. Canada, for what I preach, and some of the things I preach would be considered hate crime, I could be arrested for just a few miles up the road. We are living in a day where there's a lot of persecution. Now, maybe you're not feeling the persecution. Maybe you're only feeling just some of the effects of the wrong spirits of persecution. Because Satan is an illusionist. He is deceptive. And he brings all kinds of pathways to lead us all into a space of nonsense. And worship brings us in the space of heaven. Jesus taught us. He taught us. His will be done. His kingdom come. It is so important in the way we do that. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know what? When we were singing, I sing a hallelujah. That is not how that word comes across. Hallelujah is jumping, praising. I mean, you're just sitting so excited because that's what the word means. To hallel Jehovah. It means you are on the inside. You are literally just bubbling up with so much excitement. Nehemiah said it this way, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It is so time. I'm going to tell you something. If I look at my circumstances, if I wake up in the morning and I Google life, I'm going to get down. But if I wake up in the morning and get in the word of God and realize that how many saints have given and martyred their life for what I'm reading today, I haven't given up much. I haven't said, and realizing that it may, I might be the next martyr so that somebody in the next generation gets to praise him and come into his kingdom. What is it going to take? It's going to take a body of Christ. It's going to take a remnant for us to recognize that when what, what we're reading and what history has told us is that when we're following God, it doesn't mean that everything goes rosy on the outside. What it means on the inside is that he is greater on the inside of us than all the junk that's going on in our world. And we have never lived in such a space of time where there's so much junk going on. Point number one, if you would, follow me in your study guides. How many of you are looking for a breakthrough or wanting to help others in a breakthrough? Circumstances, your Christian experience feeling dry, like you're going through a wilderness. How about in your leadership? Maybe in your, even in your home life, maybe in your marriage. Take it, from, take it from a man, David, whose own wife literally mocked him as he was worshiping God. In, your, in our relationship with our God, it tells us to praise him in all circumstances. In everything, praise the Lord. Number two, praise gets your thoughts on victory of the past and faith for your future. By the way, in the end, who wins? 
God wins and who's, and, and let me ask you something. How many of you are his kids? So how many of you are going to win in the end? You know what? Some of you should wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and notify yourself. Say, you're a winner. You're a winner. You're a winner. In fact, I'll never forget. Um, I had gone through a really uh, tough, tough week. In, uh, this is years ago. And there's a, man, I'm trying to remember this. Uh, I wish my wife was in the room right now. But um, there was this uh, trumpet player. And uh, he's Phil, is it Phil, Dris- Phil Driscoll? Phil Driscoll, it's a trumpet player. And he has this, and he's like one of the best trumpet players, I mean, ever. And he sings this song, he's got a really, really raspy voice. But inside it, this goes this chorus. You're a winner, you're a winner, you're a winner, you're a winner, you're a winner. And I don't know what it was, but somehow in my mind, I had captured, I'm a loser, I'm a loser, I'm a loser, I'm a loser. I'm a loser, I'm a loser, and something, and my, you know, and some, something else would, when I'm, I'm never going to get it, I'm never going to get it, I'm never going to get through, I'm never going to get through, she's never going to see it, she's never going to see it, my kids aren't going to love me. I'm like, I mean, somehow, there was some kind of rhyme going on inside of my head, and all of a sudden, the words that were coming from Phil Drisco playing on that morning, as I was praying on the way to work, you're a winner, you're a winner. I literally pulled off the road and just started bawling because see, what I had found out is worship gets me in the presence of God. I got into my car and I was in the worship space. I'm in my car. As a worshiper, I don't have to be in church. I can be in my car. As a worshiper, I can be in my bedside. As a worshiper, I can be like Jonah in the belly of a fish. It doesn't matter because let me tell you something, the presence of God, God is looking for those who will worship him true worshipers God's looking for let me tell you something if God's looking for you how many think he can find you and all he's looking for is someone who's going to be I don't know about you but I want to be found by God I want every single morning God find me where I'm at find me he says that's really simple all you need to do is you know what is 1-800-WORSHIP that's all you got to do is worship well, you know what the Bible says also? It says, the Bible says, do nothing by murmur and complaining. You want to know why? Because it's the wrong spirit. It's the worshiping of your problems. Well, I'm not worshiping my problems. Well, then why are you talking about them all the time? Whatever you talk about the most, you worship. That's what it really is. It's just another form of worship. Whatever you're giving your adoration to, whatever you're giving your thoughts to, maybe you don't have a, a false idol in it, but you have an imagination. That morning, I was sitting there thinking about, I'm a loser, I'm a loser, I'm, I'm this problem, I'm this problem. What was happening, I was worshiping, in a, you know, and I was getting caught up with my problems, and God, all he had to do is, I went over there, and he just, it was just a complete change in the space, and my circumstances didn't change. All it was is I began to realize that God breathes in Adam, and God still breathes in Ron. And how does God breathe? In the space of worship. Some of you are exhausted in life. And you don't realize that all you need to do is, come on church, all you need to do is, all you need to do is, you know, let me tell you something, you will find a breath to overcome what's going on in your relationship. You'll find a breath to overcome what's going on with your kids. You'll find a breath. You won't have the idea, the concept. God will breathe it on the inside. And as you do this, you watch. God will give you. He'll give you his strategies. 2 Samuel 14, 14. I love this passage where it tells us this. God devises ways 
for his banished ones to come home. Number three, worship brings his presence and the world grows dim and he, Jesus, grows great in your heart. Worship brings his presence. Psalms 22, three says, but you are holy in the Amplified Translation. Oh, you are enthroned in the holy place where the praises of Israel are offered. God enters in to his praise and his worship of his people. Number four, worship brings heaven into perspective. Some of you are so uh, thinking so much about what's going on in your life. So many things that are struggling in your life. You've lost that there's a real plan that heaven's trying to bring into your life. God has a design. God has a will. God has a, a strategy to unfold for your relationships, to unfold for your workplace. He has the thing. And yet so many of us are trying to Google everything. We've lost the Jehovah. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Jehovah seeking you, our righteousness. Jehovah Shalom, our peace. We've lost the Jehovah space of our life. We've looked for every other aspect to fill our life instead of heaven. Revelations 4, verse 1. Then as I looked, this is heaven. Here's John, who's in prison. Are you guys getting this? History tells us that he was literally dropped and boiled in oil to die and martyr and lived through the event. Came out of this skinless life and lived through it. And what we're reading today, Revelations chapter 4-1, is part of the inspired word of God through the suffering of one man. Revelations 4-1, Then I looked as I saw a door standing open in heaven. And the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, come up here and I will show you what must happen. And instantly I was in the spirit and I saw a throne in heaven, someone sitting. The one sitting on the throne, throne was as brilliant as gemstones and like jasper and carnelian. And the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. 24 thrones surrounded and 24 elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. From the thrones came flashings of lightning and the rumble of thunder. And in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames. This is the sevenfold spirit of God. And in front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes, front and back. The first of these living beings was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third was a human face. The fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings, and their wings were covered all over with the eyes, inside and out, day after day and night after night. They keep on worshiping. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The one who always was, who is, who's still to come. Whenever the living beings gave glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne and the one who lives forever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and they exist because you created what you please. You are a created being created to please your father. You please your father. And if you would live out the creative, vital part of what God's called you, can you imagine how God is worshiped in the space of your activity, in your service, in your love, in your relationships, in your walk 
God is literally longing for those to truly worship him. Point number five, the difference between praise and worship. Worship can be done in silence. I've had some of my greatest worship experiences in the space of my own prayer closet. Alone. It can be done in silence. In fact, what I love to do is when I pray with others, what I usually do is I, I usually begin because they're always waiting for pastor to talk. It's first start. I just, I wish I didn't have to, to be honest with you. In fact, a lot of times I just, I, a lot of times what I do is I'd stall and I'm waiting for somebody else to pray and I'm like, all right, well, we're not going to get anywhere. So anyway, so then I pray, but you know what? I can't wait to stop praying because I want to hear what others are praying because it's spirit. I love to get in the spirit of what God's doing in his saints. And then all of a sudden when they're praying, and you know what, maybe there's 15 or let's, let's say, you know, 15 words or 20 words that they pray. And of those 15 and 20, maybe five of them, I really feel the spirit of God move on my own heart. It's spirit. And all of a sudden the Lord begins to formulate another prayer through my heart. And I can't wait for them to stop talking now. Because then I get to pray. And then all of a sudden I get to pray what God, the Spirit of God just said. And then, then they get to pray. And then somebody else prays. And all of a sudden the next thing you know we're having a book of Acts moment. And the Spirit of God is moving. It's God breathed prayer. But almost every time I start praying it's never that way. It's usually just Ron breathed. And then I go through, Lord, I love you. I worship you. I think you're awesome. And I'm like, Lord, I just know that these are words. They just feel like kind of dead and kind of monotonous, but I know it's true. And then I wait, and then I get quiet. And then you know what the best part of prayer is? When it gets quiet. And all of a sudden I can feel like I'm on a gurney, and God's writing his love and his ways on my heart. I can feel the presence of God in my very heart. And I know that this is going to help my marriage. I know that this is going to help me as a pastor. I know this is going to help me throughout the week, and there's going to be things, and there's some things I have no idea what he's really doing, but I know the presence of God. Jeremiah chapter 31 says, in the new, he says, this is the covenant I will give to you. I will write on their hearts in that day. I can sense the space because I'm in that place of worship. Worship, it can be done in silence, but you know what praise can't be done? It cannot be quiet. It cannot be quiet. You know, we praise all the time. We praise all the time. We're sitting at a ball game and we're watching our kids, or in my case, my grandkids. Or we're watching a famous team or a favorite team of ours. And we're so full of, we're so full of praise for our team. We're praising all the time. And God does not have any problem with us praising our kids, praising them. He has, no idea, he has no problem with it, but we should be praising him first. He has no issues with it. God's not insecure. He gave us praise. And let me just tell you something. We've realized that we got cheerleaders on purpose because we realized the power of praise. I mean, that's the whole point of cheerleaders, is it not? Get so people pumped up because all of a sudden they're going over there. You can do it. 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 That's what power praise does. God knows that he created it. And yet in church, sometimes you'd wonder, I don't know if you can do it. I'm not sure. And yet God goes, 
You can do all things through Christ. But let me tell you something. It says through Christ. What, how's Christ's way? It's through. I got a couple people on. How's Christ's way? How do you get the power of God inside of your life? Declaring and seeing the power of God. It's through praise. It's through praise. Number six, leading others in praise and worship will lead them into his presence and victory. I know that some of us, um, we want to be great parents. You know, it's really important for us to lead our kids in praise and worship. It's really important for lead us in our, our marriages in praise and worship. But you know what a lot of us are led by today? As long as we're talking about leading, I just want to talk a little bit real quickly, and we're going to come right back to worship and praise again. We're led by fear. I was at a gas station today, and there's an attendant I always talk to, you know, about Jesus when I can, and she's got a mask on, and, and, um, and she didn't have it for a day, and I go, hey, why is the mask back on? She goes, you know, we all know why the mask, right? And uh, I said, don't be led by fear. I just told her, I said, don't be led by fear. Don't be led by circumstances. Don't be led by opinions. Don't be led by bitterness. Don't be led by confusion or envy or strife or lust or depression. These are all real leaders. My granddaughter just lost, a, you know, or was, is really struggling for a life. One of her be- best friends tried to take her life because of depression. Depression's a real spirit. It's a real voice. Spirits have voices. The Holy Spirit has a voice, and he wants to bring his truth, his word inside of your life. He wants to breathe inside of your life. My wife and I were doing devotions this morning. We'll get to there in just a second. And all of a sudden she goes, seems like God, that we're like intakes. Now, for some of you that don't know anything about cars or whatever, I'm like, my, my wife must listen a lot to me when I talk about automotives. You know, stuff, because in a car, you have an intake. In fact, the most important thing you have in your vehicle and it gives you power is your intake. So that's why we have supercharger. You know what a supercharger does? It fills the intake with more air. More air, more gas, more power. Or we have super, or we have turbochargers. More air, more fuel, more power. That's the whole point. So the intake is what this sits on top of the engine and it, all of a sudden it brings combustion or you have the opportunity to bring combustion. Well, what if we were all intaking God? More air, more power. But what if we're not? What if we're, our intake is full of carbon dioxide? Well, if our intake gets full of carbon dioxide here, you'll stop breathing because you need oxygen to breathe. But I think that's what's happened in our life. We're so full of the world. We're so full of the intake of what this world has. We have very little intake of what God has breathed from God, breathed from the word of God. It is imperative that we make a change. The reason that the church is not as powerful as it needs to be is because of its intake. Amen? And from that intake, we get full of praise. So if I can make this really clear, worship is intake. I'm, I'm breathing in you, God. I'm breathing in your word. I'm breathing in your truth. I'm breathing in your Holy Spirit. I thank you for the presence of your peace, the presence of forgiveness, the presence of your love. God, a presence of hope. You're such a great God. You're so majestic. You're so mighty. I love you, God. And then all of a sudden now, you get so full. You, you rock up and all of a sudden you see circumstances. You go, I declare in Jesus' name that that's not going to happen. 
I thank you, God, right now that you got a plan for our youth group. You got a plan for the children's ministry. You got a plan for the praise and worship team. You got a plan for the church. You got a plan for the 1,700 people we want to reach. I thank you right now, Lord God. We declare your will be done, your kingdom come. All of a sudden, praise starts happening. You start getting happy as you're singing it. That's what it does. And you want to tell you something praise is powerful. It speaks to your circumstances. So what happens is, is all of a sudden you have Jesus in the bottom of both intaking. Here's Jesus intaking, sleeping. He's intaking God. He doesn't even, you know, in the boat's moving all over, getting tossed to and fro. And, the, and guess what the disciples are doing? What are they intaking? We're going to drown. We're going to die. We, I, what did we do wrong? What, I mean, what should I do? I should have prayed that prayer. I should have said this thing. I should have, I should have read that scripture. I should, it's, you know what? It was me fighting with you. It was me fighting with the wife. It's me fighting with the kids. It's me fighting. And we're all of a sudden, their whole intake is, we're, gonna, we're not going to live through this. We're not going to live through this. Jesus wakes up and goes, I told you I'd see you on the other side. Jesus' intake was a promise. His intake was the presence of God in a promise. I'll see you on the other side. The disciples were, I'm looking at a rock and I'm seeing all the storm, all the storm. What, are we, what is our intake? The storm or the promise? The storm or the promise. It is imperative. In fact, I want to read a passage to you. It's the passage a lot of us are just being discipled on right now. Acts chapter 12. And before you turn there, I want to read just a couple of things that Jesus has done. Then we're going to get to Acts chapter 12. Colossians 2.15. Jesus, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against you. How many of you are sinners? Raise your hand. You're all sinners. Okay, don't make me go lift up your hand. You're all sinners. All right, you're all sinners. Jesus wiped out the guilt. Wiped it out, which was contrary to us, all the requirements. And he taken it away, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed every demon, every voice, every lying, every deception, every illusion in your life. You should be so excited about what God and Jesus has done for you on the cross. Luke 10, 18, promise, Jesus telling us, he told him, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among the snakes and the scorpions and you can crush them. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because these evil spirits obey, even though they need to and have to. Rejoice because your name is registered in heaven. All right, hopefully you guys are there with me in Acts chapter 12. I know it's not going to be on the screen, so you're going to have to pull out your smart device. You're going to have to pull out your Bible, and you're going to have to follow with me on Acts chapter 12. Now, before we read into this, let's just get really quickly into the, um, uh, the scenario or the timeline, if we could. We're going to find out that James has just been beheaded. Peter is still struggling. He just had a vision and he doesn't know what to do about reaching the Gentiles. And so the whole church is in turmoil. There's a scattering around, and all of a sudden they're scattered from one city to the next, and they're trying to find their place. They're trying to get intake in so that they might praise him and declare him all around. And in the process of doing that, people are losing their lives. John the Baptist has been beheaded. Jesus has lost his life gone over there, been crucified. And now here we have, like, I don't know if it's one or two years later after Jesus, on the same celebration, and we like to celebrate Valentine's Day. I sure do. It's my anniversary. Here's the celebration of the Passover. We have another man being beheaded or being killed. Now it should be a space of, wow, you know, we've got victory. 
So I just want you guys to understand, we're full of praise, not because our circumstances. We're full of praise because heaven is inside of us. And we win, and the world needs to see the heaven inside of you. The whole world is down. The whole world's fighting, being led by all these nasty spirits. But you, the church, those spirits have been disarmed. They've been dis completely disarmed by the cross. We're not going to be led by those spirits. We're going to be led by a different spirit, his, the Holy Spirit. And our intake every day needs to be full of life. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he arrested Peter, then took him took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him underneath the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for the public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed. They got in the spirit. They began to worship God in the space of a room very earnestly for him. Verse 6, that night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell. An angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him. Get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. Then the angel told him, get dressed, put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was still actually happening. When you're in the spirit, you don't even know if you're breathing. This is real air or it's not. He passed that first and second guard post and came to the iron gate leading to the city and this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street and then the angel suddenly left. Peter finally came to his senses. Wouldn't it be cool if we were so much in the spirit that our senses don't even realize what's really going on. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent an angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where Mary was gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter's standing at the door, Peter's standing at the door. Can you imagine this moment? All right, you're out of your mind. That's the response. This is what I love about the Bible. The Bible doesn't go over there and make us feel really guilty for being ignorant. Here's a bunch of people that are praying, and all of a sudden God moves on behalf of their prayer, and they're going, you're out of your mind. That didn't happen. And here's Rhoda. He's at the door. He's at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. When she insisted, they decided it must be an angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. He motioned for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord had led them out of prison. Tell James and the brothers what happened, he said, and then he went in to another place. I want to ask you, church family, where is your praise temperature? Where is your worship temperature? I believe if we as a church, we as a people can get the temperature of our praise and worship inside of our home, then I think that we're going to start seeing God-sized events happen again. I think if we can start getting the praise and worship temperature up inside of our church, family, then we're going to start seeing things, the power of God manifested in. But if we continually 
to literally allow the temperature of who we are be affected by the circumstances of where we are, then what we're going to be is no different than really the world. What we are is just a gathering of believers, but kind of like this prayer cycle, they don't really, they're not really connected to the answer. Can we be connected? I don't, I don't know if you're watching this on live stream right now, but I, don't, I know that so many today are not connected. They're so disconnected. Even in our praise and worship today, people looking around and houses in this full, and they're more disconnected by the numbers than they are by the presence of God that's here. Allow your intake to open. Allow God to be the supercharger of our life. Adam became alive because God breathed. In Ezekiel, there's a passage, and I want to challenge you to look it up today. It's about the dry bones. And here's this prophet, Ezekiel, looking at these dry bones. And, you know, God having to speak, says, can these bones live? Well, you only you know, God. Let me tell you something. I believe that it's time, we live in a time, a small opening. China's shutting down. Canada is shutting down. Europe has been shutting down. Australia is shutting down. America, are we alive? Are you Alive. And the only life that we are is not because of a gathering. It's because God breathed His Spirit in mankind. Every day, you need to take time that God breathed in my life. I am nothing without you. I need you. Oh, how I need you. Every hour, I need you. So please bow your heads, close your eyes. You're here this morning and your life is powerless. Or maybe you're in a a space of just trying to grasp your last breath, just trying to keep your head above water as they have a statement. That's not how God intended you to live that you could be in a prison cell like Paul was praising him you could be in a prison cell like Peter was and others praying for him whatever your circumstances like Jonah in the belly of a crazy fish whatever your scenario the presence of God wants to come inside of your life and it's by invite God does not, he's a gentleman. He won't go where he's not invited. And if we're so full of the turmoil and the distresses of those things around us, we don't have a heavenly perspective. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We want God to come into this earth, but he's not of this earth he's of heaven and when you address the father in heaven you're addressing the majesty 
the master designer, the one who perfected this world from the beginning, has got a perfect plan for your life. Even though you will fight through this life, you're not on your own. His power, his love, he will breathe into you. He'll give you hope for those hopeless moments. He'll give you peace for those spaces of turmoil. He'll give you faith where their fear is trying to entangle your life. Healing where disease wants to afflict you. That's the God that we're addressing, our Father who art in heaven. I wanna pray a prayer. Make this prayer personal, whether you're watching this right now online or whether you're here in, the, in our audience right now with us. Make this prayer personal. Make this intake on the inside of your life. May your heart be engaged. Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I surrender my whole life in your hands. I receive your forgiveness that Jesus paid for, for my sins. I am all yours. Here I am. In your name I pray. Amen. Let's stand up and worship him. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.